You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode number 19. Today, we'll be talking about Thor's mom. No, seriously. I'm really, like, 100% serious about this. You know Thor, the superhero? Yeah, like, the ridiculously good-looking one with, like, all the muscles? Well, his mom is the wisest, and she inspired this episode. Today, we're going to talk about the gem of advice she gave Thor that got me thinking about our future selves and ways we can do a better job of serving that future self, even when we're not quite sure what our future selves really want. Looking into the future, having a vision of what you want your future to look like, it's not that easy. Are you a little confused? Yeah, me too. Time travel is a bit like that. But if this is not our practice life, I have some questions for you that are worth thinking about. Questions I've been grappling with recently. I mean, let's be honest, we've all been unconsciously grappling with these questions for years, decades even. But I'm going to propose a few ways to get some clear answers. Clear answers about our futures, what we want, and how to get there. So what do you say? Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more, celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin, kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Chamorro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. All right, so I told you that this episode was about Thor's mom. So let's just get right to it and let me explain. The reason I said that this is about Thor's mom, and it really is, is because I went to watch Avengers Endgame. Um, I want to say right now there are no spoilers. There are no spoilers in this episode, but I mean, honestly, it's been like a few weeks to a month now since Avengers Endgame came out. Like if you haven't watched it, like what, just go watch it. I think everybody who is going to watch it has watched it. So I could, if I wanted to reveal all the spoilers, but I won't. Did you watch it? Anyway, (laughs) I just watched it. I wasn't like the first one there. I was back and forth on whether or not I even wanted to go. But the thing is that I ended up going with my family. And of the whole movie, there's just one thing that really stuck to me, apart from like Black Panther being like the coolest thing in the world and like all the special effects and all this stuff. It was a lot of fun, a very fun movie, very stressful, very fun. But the whole thing, when I walked away from it, I was driving home with JJ and I was like, there's only one thing that really stayed with me from this movie. And he was like, yeah, what was it? And I was like, what Thor's mom says to him. And um, I had to look it up because I didn't know the exact quote. And I wanted to get it right for, for the podcast. So I looked it up. And this is what Thor's mom says to Thor. She says, 
everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, a measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. Isn't she just the wisest? She's my faves. And when I heard it, I was like, duh, it had to be a mom. She, she had to be a mom. Had to be a mom to say something so awesome. And obviously, that kind of really hit home. It's not about, you know, who you're supposed to be. If you try and be someone you're suppo- you think you're supposed to be, you're going to fail. Everyone fails at being who you're supposed to be. What really matters is how well you succeed at being who you are. And that was like, you know, I, it really hit home. For a long time, I've thought this about the word like prestige, you know, and, and I think that it started when, when I started applying to colleges and people are like, oh, that's such a prestigious school and the Ivy Leagues and this, that and the other. And so this word of prestige was suddenly like around all the time. And this concept was like looming over everyone. Like, where are you going? Where did you apply? Where did you get accepted? Like, where did you wait list? And where did you get deferred? And like early acceptance. And blah. and so people started getting ranked, you know, based on the prestige of the schools that they were applying to, being accepted to, etc. And I kind of started thinking about, you know, Yes, Ivy Leagues are wonderful because the education is great and all this stuff. But like, do we really want that? Or is it something that we're supposed to want? You know, and, and there's this difference between who we'd like to be and who we think we should be. And this is why, you know, back in 2011, I wrote a book called To Be or Like to Be. And, you know, this is back in the day when I started my entrepreneurial uh, life and, You know, I just started thinking about like, are we living based on what we are or what we like to be? And when I think about this, I always think about one person in particular, somebody that really embodies this difference for me. You know, it's a very, you know, charming person, very popular. Um, You know, one of these people that when they walk into a room, they want everybody's attention. And I just don't know what's like more true if this person is popular and charming, or if he just likes to be perceived that way, you know, does he like these titles and these descriptions that I'm applying to him? Or is he just this way innately? The liking of what you are, the liking of what school you got into, the liking of your job and your status, that shows that you're buying into like the prestige and the perception what you should be instead of just being. I have friends who have gone to the best schools in the entire world and don't play it up. And I have friends who have gotten into really good schools, Ivy Leagues even. And homie, if every single car and every single t-shirt and every single cap doesn't have the name of the school on it, like it's a miracle because It's not like school pride. You know when somebody feels school pride and you know when it's like, look how I rank. Look how I rank. My self-worth is on this bumper sticker. So, you know, and it doesn't just apply to colleges. It's colleges where I became more aware of this phenomenon, of this separation of what am I and what am I supposed to be? What am I and what would I like people to think that I am? 
And there's, they're, they're very different concepts. And through this college acceptance process back when I was 17 is when, you know, I became more clearly aware of these divergences. And like, please don't go out and buy that book because <laughs> it was actually about online marketing in 2011. So a lot of it is no longer true, doesn't really apply in this day and age. But anyway, the, the concept behind the title of the book still stands. So, you know, and that gets me to, to thinking that, you know, I've, I've pivoted so much. You know, when I started kind of sharing my thoughts online. Let's say that things started for me in 2010 when I decided to write a blog because before then I kept everything to myself. So I, and I feel like when I started sharing is when I started kind of really, um, started down this path of self development and growth. So, you know, let's start there in 2010, I'm writing online about social media marketing and I have like, you know, like three friends reading it. Um, shout out to my friends who helped me come out with the name back then. It was just like marcinator.com or whatever. Anyway, fast forward, a you know, maybe a year, year and a half. And I start writing more about general personal growth and fitness throughout this whole process. People are starting to think of me as like the social media person hiring me to like, give small talks as a consultant and things like that. I go to my master's, I come back and I start on this like for real, like entrepreneurial journey. You know, I started writing about entrepreneurship. I don't know, you know, who out there remembers the perpetualvacation.com. That was an amazing project. Um, that was something that I'm really proud of. And I started a podcast called Process, which people still listen to. It's crazy because I haven't uploaded a new episode in years, like three years to that podcast, and it still gets listens. Thank you to everybody who listens to that. Uh, about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and creating and making stuff. So I started writing much more about entrepreneurship started talking about entrepreneurship. I started speaking. I spoke in Spain about entrepreneurship. I spoke in Panama about entrepreneurship. I did some events here in Nicaragua about entrepreneurship. I was writing online. I remember I had, you know, an article on the homepage of Medium that had like crazy views and likes. And it was about the roller coaster of um, entrepreneurship. I think it was called the entrepreneur's identity. I still have that post. It's a good one. And then here I am now talking about like motherhood and spirituality, you know, and it took me a long time from 2010 to 2019 now to feel, I think, first of all, I think the whole progression was worth it, right? Because it's climbing a ladder. You need one step to get to the next. It's a natural progression. But at the same time, I've known that I've wanted to talk and write about motherhood and spirituality for like three years, four years maybe. And I just... I guess I didn't have the guts to do it until now. And now that I'm doing it, you know, I have so many people reaching out and being like, I really like this. I really like this. I really like this, which thank you for listening. That such a relief to me <laughs> that I can help uh, someone. But the problem is, I mean, pivoting so often can really present a problem or two. Like, so over the years from 2010 to now, I've grown a quote unquote following or an audience online, right? Like I've have an audience, I have a following, but, and that's not my point to be like, like I'm, I'm internet famous. Like that is <laughs> far from the case. But the point is that, you know, at one point I remember I put out an email sequence. Like I, I was like, Hey, listen, sign up. 
for my email list and I will send you a 20 day course on mindfulness. It was called mindfulness for makers. And I had over 2000 people sign up within like two weeks. It's crazy. So like my email list was definitely a few thousand strong for a while. And then I pivot and I start writing about something else, you know, so it's hard because not a lot of people will pivot with me. And what I ended up doing, just, you know, in case you're curious, I ended up cleaning out my email list and I wrote to everybody who hadn't opened, let's say six months worth of emails. And I said like, Hey, listen, I'm writing about different topics. I noticed that you haven't been really that interested because you haven't opened my emails in the past six months. Would you like to unsubscribe from my list or would you like to stay on? And there was like two buttons. One said unsubscribe now. And one said, no, like keep me on the list. I'm interested. And I just said at the bottom of the email, like if you don't click any of the two buttons, you'll automatically be deleted from my list in two weeks. No worries. But in case you want to stay on the list, like click the button. And, you know, so I cleaned my, what people call like cold email subscribers, people who weren't interested anymore. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. When I pivot, some people are like, peace out. And I've done that to other people that I follow online. You know, people are in it for the journey. And sometimes you get into something that people are not that interested in, especially when it comes to parenting and religion. Like some people don't have kids. They're not interested. Some people are not, um, believers. They don't want to, they're, they're just no check out. Like I understand that these are sensitive topics and that's okay. But sometimes I think to myself, like what's next? Like, am I going to get bored of this too? I know that with kin, I have a very strong feeling that that's not going to happen. And it's been years that this has been in the making so I feel very confident about that, but I can't help but share where I am and what I am, right? So I wanted to share with you one of the very important exercises that I learned about this past year that really helped me to differentiate between what should I be, what am I for real? And it's something that I learned about through my book club, you know, I was invited to this book club, I can't remember, a few months ago, and we've met a couple of times, and it's been really cool. But one of the things that I learned about was a vision board. I mean, I've heard about vision boards before, you know, and I've seen wonderful things on Pinterest about vision boards and how they look, and you hang them up in your office, or you hang them up next to your bed and whatever. And the thing is that I had never taken it seriously. I was like, you know, that's not for me. But the truth is that when people were talking about it at the book club, I was like, you know, I want to give this a shot. Like what's, you know, apparently it's working. Somebody at the, at the book club was like, you know, I made a vision board five years ago. I put it as my desktop background. And now that I look at it, almost every single image that is in that vision board reflects my current life. And it's amazing how that happened. And I was like, in Spanish, we say, Sera. <laughs> in English, I guess that translates to like, could it be? Like, seriously, like, what if that is for reals? Because if I can just poof, like pretty picture on a vision board into like, boom, create my dream life, like I'll do it. So let's try. You know, I was kind of like, I have nothing to lose. So I decided to try it. And what it, you know, the, to break down exactly what I did is I went onto Pinterest and I decided to start collecting images into a board you know, I pinned them to a board of pictures that would represent my dream life. And let me open up my vision board right now. 
and see how this ended up. I mean, you don't have to use Pinterest. You can use whatever you want. But Pinterest for me was the easiest option. You could save pictures and put them on a PowerPoint slide or a Word document. You could cut pictures out of a magazine if that works for you. You could draw them, whatever tickles your fancy. But for me, uh, I went the Pinterest route. And so I now have this vision board on my desktop. And let me see here what is exactly on my vision board so I can share it with you all. I have a top row that includes podcasting, small events with women, speaking to groups, more public speaking, and traveling around the world with, and there's, you know, two people together, a couple. So it's me and JJ traveling the world to different exotic places. New Zealand is my top, top, top of the top, next bucket list place that I want to visit. Then I have another row for like my dream home. Um, I have this very minimal but high ceilinged, beautiful place. Kind of feels like a cabin, but really high ceilings. And a beautiful home office, lots of white in there. Very comfortable, like outdoor space to hang out with my kids, stuff like that. Then I have another row where I have images of fitness, my kind of style, which, you know, if you know me in real life, is a very particular kind of style. <laughs> like I've said, I wear overalls sometimes. I like wide leg pants. Um, I wear jeans like all the time and sneakers. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not, you're not going to see me in a dress at the supermarket. And that's cool. And I have some family photos. So like a couple interacting, laughing together. And I have some images with other women. So a group of women hanging out. For me, friendship and the connection with other women is really important. So I included a few of those images there. And then I have another row of something a little more personal that I won't get into right now. And then some images of family with kids. So, you know, a dad hanging out, having fun with his kids and stuff like that. So that is my vision board for the next, you know, five years or so. So when I envision my dream life, that's what I envision. That's where I would like to be in five years. So I have it on my desktop, on my computer. So every time that I log into my computer, every time I want to look for something on the desktop, multiple times a day, I'm seeing this image of this collage, right? And I'm sure there's something to be said for having this vision of the future all up in my face all day long. So I'm constantly reminded of what I want. But it's also about inserting these thoughts into my mind constantly, that this is my future, that this will happen, that I will attain this. And so it's not just, these are the things that I want and I'm continuously reminded like, oh yeah, the dream house, like I should look up on Zillow.com what houses are available. No, it's not like so much of a reminder of what I need to do, but it's also a, a belief that these things will happen for me. So... This exercise really made me think about what I want five to 10 years down the line. It made me sit and picture my life, my ideal dream life, right? And the beauty behind this exercise is that it not only helps you get clear on what you truly want versus what you feel you should want for your future. It also makes you constantly think about what you need to do to get there. But you're not just working at achieving like some abstract goal, you're working for your future self, basically. You know, I look at this vision board and it's a glimpse into the future of my life, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, today, right now, this instant, you are working for your future self already. Every decision you make, 
whether or not you go to the gym, whether or not you finish that task, whether or not you go to the supermarket, what you get at the supermarket, what you put in your body, how you communicate to your spouse, to your friends, how you spend your time and how you don't spend your time. All of that translate into a result for your future self. Whether or not you go to the gym today will affect what your body looks like and how it feels in the future. So you are, whether you like it or not, working for your future self right now. The thing is about this vision board is that suddenly your future self becomes much more clear. I can see the Marcela in five years living in this dream house with these female friendships, being a public speaker, being a successful podcaster and all these things. And I understand to be that Marcela, to work for that future self of Marcela who feels, you know, she's living her ideal life, who feels fulfilled and happy and meaningful and all these things. What do I need to do for her to get her there? So having a vision board makes you fill this future use shoes. You know, you, you basically have to constantly feel what it's like to walk in the shoes of your future self. Whenever you glance at your vision board, you have to walk a mile or two. You're perpetually checking in with your future self, walking a mile or two in her shoes and then working for that person. I mean, a huge bonus is that this was super fun and easy to do. It took me a good 30 minutes spent on Pinterest, like I said, searching for images of my dream life and like, sign me up, bro. Like who doesn't want more time on Pinterest looking at pretty pictures? Like I'm in. Who doesn't want more time thinking about my dream life? Like I'm in. Like I might as well just have added like a private jet on there. <laughs> but the thing is that it was a fun exercise. It wasn't like homework. This was like, can somebody watch my kids so I can keep doing this? kind of thing. Like I actually enjoyed it. I would do it again tomorrow. I mean, the pictures would probably be the same. I might tweak one or two and I've done that. I've changed a few out if they didn't feel like they really resonated or whatever. And I found a better one, whatever. The thing is that it's an awesome exercise and it's super fun. So why not? So today I want to invite you to ask yourself, who do you think you're supposed to be? Like, who are you operating under this idea that you're supposed to be? And who is the real, true you? What do you want your ideal life to look like in five to 10 years? Can you spend, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes on Pinterest or Google search or whatever, looking up some images of your dream life? Can you spend some time thinking about that today? Because, and then I'm going to repeat this. Remember what Thor's mom said, because she is like the wisest. Everyone fails and who they're supposed to be. A measure of a person, of a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. So who are you? Who are you and who do you want to be? Who does your future self look like? I'm going to leave you with those questions for you to think about. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of the Kin Podcast. Go to kinpodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. And as always, a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music for the show. Check him out on Spotify to listen to my favorite song, Yellow. Search for Mario Callejas. And to his wife, Tate, for the intro to my podcast. I love you both so much. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode on vision boards and Thor's amazing, super wise mom, rate and review this podcast over on iTunes. It'll help more people find the show. 
And did you know that the more people rate and review the podcast, the easier it is for me to get awesome people on the podcast to interview. So if you want to hear from awesome people, if you want more people like you to find the show, rate and review, please. And I will be ever so grateful. And stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week. I'm Marcela, your host, signing out.